Choosing any career can be a daunting task, but certainly in the world of music, even now more so after the pandemic. But there's a wonderful new book to give musicians and family members both a musical and a psychological perspective on making these choices. A book written by Dr. Julie Jaffe-Nagel, who joins me now for this look at a life in music. And so glad that you can be with me this morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Dave. I'm happy to be here. Well, you have a unique unique perspective about a life in music because you've trained as a concert pianist. You both have undergraduate and graduate degrees from the Juilliard School. And you're also a psychologist and a therapist with a private practice here in Dexter, Michigan. That's right. I've uh, blended two careers, actually. And uh, uh, it's been a fascinating process for me, something I never expected to do when I went to Juilliard. I was I was like probably everybody there was going to be the concert pianist who made it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that really resonated in your book, uh, Career Choices in Music Beyond the Pandemic, when I read about the pursuit of perfection, this idea in the world of music performance, which I, I think is just really almost unique in the arts. People don't expect total perfection while you're in school in any other kind of field, but in music my goodness, we're supposed to be perfect all the time. Well, yes and no, but it is a common perception. And it's one that gets us into hot water and danger and basically into stage fright, because that is so implied in this pursuit of perfection. You know, uh, stage fright is uh, something that has faced famous musicians. I I read this long New York Times article about Martha Argerich, who, of course, is one of the most brilliant pianists of our times. And she talked about her terrible, terrible stage fright. He came open about it. And that was something that musicians are supposed to talk about because if you're really talented, well, by golly, you shouldn't have stage fright. And if you do, it's your fault. You should just practice more. That's right. That if you're a good enough musician, you won't have stage fright. But to me, listening with my psychological ears, um, that's a defense against admitting that you have it and doing something about it and and actually talking about it, which is, is uh, the main way to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a stigma. It, it remains a stigma. It's talked about a little bit more. But I've, I've taken a path in under, understanding what fuels it in the first place. Because I believe that, that that understanding, for example, for musicians, what lies beneath the melody, there's so much beneath the melody. And the same thing with the mind, the way you think about things like stage fright. There's so much beneath the symptoms, which basically are having a memory slip in, in public or, um, um, you know, having a technical lapse in your technique. But there's so much beneath that. And what causes that? It goes way down, you know, into our, into our minds, into our development, into how it formed in the first place. But it gets us in so much trouble when we think that if we make a mistake or if we have trouble or if we're anxious, which is the sign of, of the worry about having trouble in front of people, of being judged by others, which really is being judged very harshly by ourselves. And I think that we are our own worst critic. Mm -hmm. But having said that, 
when you go into music performance or any kind of performance, I've, I've worked with people who are in non-musical careers but need to make speeches or teach a class or write a paper, writer's block. Um, for example, athletes, there is the sphere of what are they going to think, and that's going to base my feelings on my, my own self rather than I bring my own feelings about myself to my performance. And one of those perceptions I have about myself is that I have to be perfect. Yes. Yeah. There, there is no such thing. That's right. And there is no such thing as perfection. I, I talk to people, particularly in music, but anywhere, um, that we are going to make mistakes. We're human and we, we will benefit from accepting that quality in ourselves, that we're human, and that no one is perfect. There is no such thing. We're talking with Dr. Julie Nagel about her new book, Career Choices in Music Beyond the Pandemic, Musical and Psychological Perspectives. Julie, uh, one of the important chapters in your book that I really enjoyed reading is about uh, different career paths for people that study music. You know, sometimes people... In the performing arts, especially young students start thinking, well, there's only one way for me to go in the world of music, and that is a famous performing artist, which, of course, is only 1% of all of the people, or maybe even less than that, that have ever attended uh, a conservatory. There are, because of the skills that you learn, there are various career paths that um, people can combine a, a career as a musician, and that can be extremely rewarding. And you talk about that in the book. I do talk about that. And I talk about that as a way to cope with what the pandemic has taught us that is beneficial rather than, um, you know, woe is me, I can't ever be a musician. Sure. Um, it reminds me, I have to backtrack a minute in my own experience, when I left high school to go to Juilliard, um, intent on being a concert pianist. I could even tell you what I would play, what clothes, <laughs> what gowns I would wear. And of, of course, I was going to play with Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic. I went with these grandiose wishes. Sure. Um, and I think two things. One, the pandemic has forced music educators and the whole field of music education to reevaluate how they train people who are studying music and seriously want a career in performance. I think the tide had already started to change because there are entrepreneurial programs springing up and more emphasis on what's called wellness, although I believe those programs would benefit from taking a much broader view in what is wellness. But my reminiscence here takes me back to my high school choir teacher who was instrumental in in a lot of things, but he taught me music theory while I was, a, you know, I was the accompanist for the, the choir. And we would have private sessions where he would teach me some music theory, which really helped me when I got into Juilliard because you had to study it intensely. That's right. But the, thing he, the thing he said to me was, keep your options open. One of the last things he said before I went off to New York to have this wonderful career and I thought at the time, he's telling me, you don't have it. You don't have what it takes to be in music. Keep your options open because you're not going to make it. And I felt awful. And as I've grown 
not only as a musician, because I did pursue the degrees there, but as I've changed and evolved in my own career, and as now the pandemic has made it crystal clear, one of the good things about the pandemic is that we need to diversify ourselves. We need to be aware of what options we have. The value of music in mental life and the intrinsic value of music is something that we can convey as musicians in a variety of ways we express ourselves professionally Mm -hmm. without feeling that we've failed as musicians because we're not playing. Well, we couldn't now, but that I couldn't play with Leonard Bernstein and that we can express ourselves musically to a wide public to influence through music, yes, through music, through playing music, not through you know making policy. In reading your book, uh, I found it to be very optimistic about uh, the idea of studying music as a career. How many times people uh, probably say to the students who are studying music, "Well, what are you going to do with that education? What, what kind of job are you going to get?" Yeah, the, yeah. The skill sets that you learn studying music is are, are skills that are so transferable not only in teaching music and and in uh, in in coaching people but in other any other forms of endeavor about being organized about being staying on task about being self-motivated about uh, knowing how to uh, knowing how to simply organize your time uh, all Absolutely. of these things all of these things are are learned in music school. Maybe, maybe instead of, I sometimes say it's maybe be better for instead of getting an MBA is for people to seriously sit down and study the clarinet for four years. <laughs> well, that's an interesting an interesting thought. But you're saying exactly what I'm feeling that music prepares you for so many things. Music lessons are life lessons, and music lessons specifically, I'm I'm speaking personally, in teaching you how to play an instrument, teach you how to look beneath the surface, how to think, how to analyze, how to bring things together that might not seem like they go together, how to listen, how to understand, how to communicate, how to hopefully, and I hope schools will help, but I hope people will start feeling how to deal with if if you do stay in any profession, to deal with rejection, with competition. Music is a lesson in itself that uh, does not necessarily lead to the concert stage. And I also want to add, and I'm getting really excited about saying this, but that one of the things that I conclude in in my book, and this is both for musicians, I think for, for many people, but musicians, certainly for a psychologist and a psychoanalyst like I am, that seclude themselves in teaching studios or for me consulting, you know, in my study, uh, working with individual patients or in offices to get out into the community and use those skills mm-hmm. to communicate with other people to to share what you've learned through music, how music works. And I think education and, and the way, as you mentioned, schools are are teaching music and allowing people to think about different options is a very, very healthy thing. Because one thing I think that we all can count on in life, no matter what we do or whatever profession we're in or whatever path we take, is that change is going to be a constant in whatever we do. And we're seeing that certainly 
Uh, I think if, if we didn't believe it before, we believe it now. That's right. I've been talking with uh, Dr. Julie Nagel, and her new book, I think, is a must-read for musicians, young and old, as well as a general readers interested in the music profession. I agree with uh, Joseph W. Polisi, president emeritus of the Juilliard School, who wrote that, and he was right on. Career Choices in Music Beyond the Pandemic, Musical and Psychological Perspectives. It's published by Bowen Littlefield, and uh, you can find a copy of it uh, just everywhere. Go to go to your bookstore, ask about it, or go to Amazon and type in Career Choices in Music, and it'll pop right up there. I'm so oh. glad the book has, uh, has been written, and I've certainly enjoyed reading it, and it has been great to sharing these, uh, these reflections with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Dave, thank you for inviting me today. Thanks. Dr. Julie Nagel, Career Choices in Music Beyond the Pandemic, a brand new book. Find it today.